Good morning. How you guys doing? My Lord. What's that? That tryptophanamine. That's what that's y'all's problem. That's what it is. You had too much turkey, and turkey makes you sleepy. So y'all got to wake up. All right. How many of y'all had a good Thanksgiving? Man, that's awesome. I'm telling you what, we have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? We really, really do. One of the things I love most, and by the way, this is not my sermon. This is free. You don't have to pay for this. The thing, one of the things I like about Thanksgiving is not so commercialized as Christmas or, or whatever holiday you choose to celebrate around Christmas. I just, I love that it's just still about Thanksgiving and family. And uh, it's just such a blessing to be around friends and family and Food and fun and all the F's that I can think of. So anyway, uh, today we are ending our series on more. And there is a reason why we chose to do this series around Thanksgiving and Christmas. All right, because one of the things we've been talking about in this series is our appetites, right? And our appetites only know one word. And what is that word? More. That's exactly right. How much is enough? I don't know. I want more. That's exactly right. So I want to kind of go very quickly over what we've learned over the past three weeks. And then we're going to dive in really deep today and really talking about a a situation and an issue of our appetite that we really haven't talked about up to this point. Our first week, we learned this, that our appetites, God created them and sin distorted them. God created them and sin distorted them. That God gave us our appetites. You know, when we think of appetites, we naturally think of hunger. And hunger is a good thing. If you didn't have hunger, if you didn't eat, you would die, right? So it's, uh, hunger is a very good thing. Uh, that we have appetites for, um, to drink. We have appetites to be loved. We have appetites to be cherished. We have appetites to create things. Uh, we have appetites to procreate, and that is really good, right? We have all of these appetites. That was a nervous laughter. You can throw that out there, right? Here's the thing. God made us a bundle of appetites and desires, Nothing wrong with any of those appetites and desires. The problem is, even though God gave us those appetites, our sin has distorted those appetites. And what is the issue is when we, when we allow those appetites to control us. Because the second week we talked about that our appetites are not fully and finally satisfied. Our appetites are never fully and finally satisfied. That we always want more. I mean, how much money is enough? More. We always want more. If you had a million dollars, if somebody gave you a million dollars, give yourself six months, you would want more. I mean, how much sex is enough? Guys, never enough. Right? Again, nervous laughter. <clears throat> I mean, how much... How, I mean, some of you, you ate until like you were stuffed to the gills for Thanksgiving. And some of y'all, y'all are ready to eat now. Right? In fact, you want me to preach quickly so you can beat the Methodist to O'Charlie's. I'm just saying, just saying, we want more. It's never enough. We want more recognition. We want more money. We want more responsibility. If you got promoted, you would want more promotions. I mean, our appetites just are never fully and finally satisfied. Now, the third week we talked about this, that our appetites always whisper now, never later. And last week we looked at the story of David and Saul. And how God promised David that he would be king. The issue, the problem was, there was already a king in the land. His name was Saul. 
God had rejected Saul, and David had the opportunity, he had the option to be able to take matters into his own hands and say, you know what, I'm not going to wait on God's timing. I'm going to force it. If it's, if it's to be, it's up to me, and I'm going to force being king, and I'm going to kill Saul. And he chose to not do that. And because he chose the right way, he became God's king. That was huge because our appetites whisper now, never later. Now, today, as we end our series, I want to talk about this question. What do you do when your appetites are out of control? What do you do when you cannot say no to your appetites? Because some of you, you're on the verge of a huge shipwreck relationally, financially, spiritually, Uh, in many different areas. And it's because you have an appetite that you cannot say no to. What do you do when you have lost control and the appetite is now controlling you and you are not controlling that appetite? What do you do? Because all of us, at some time or another in your life, you have lost control and an appetite has mastered you. What do you do with that? Now, we're primarily going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5. But before we go there, I want to show you one verse that I memorized um, probably about six or seven years ago. And in a lot of ways, it has helped me with appetites with all of this stuff. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. Now, very interesting verse. I'm just going to show you the first part of it. And it says this. No temptation has seized you except what is, what is that next word? Common to man. Now here's something that that should give you some a little bit of encouragement about your appetites and temptations. Is that you aren't experiencing anything that's unique to you. Let me tell you, one of the things that our enemy can kind of whisper to us is this. That you are strange, you are weird, and nobody else has had that thought. Nobody else has done that deed. Nobody else has allowed that appetite to control them the way you've allowed it. And we start thinking, we can't trust anybody because we are weird. All right? Now, some of you may be weird. But I'm going to say this. No temptation has seized you except what is common. It is a very common thing to be tempted. It's a very common thing to allow appetites to go out of control. And you, you, in fact, you can look through the Bible, all 66 books of the Bible, and you will see people whom God used, who many of them, all of them, none of them were perfect. They all had mess. They all had junk. They all had an appetite that was screaming now, never later. They had, excuse me, they had appetites that they were struggling with. And it's very important to you, for you to realize that the situation, the temptation that you're facing that's considered around an appetite is not unique to you. It's not unique to you. In fact, this is interesting, <coughs> excuse me, that all of us, we, we probably only struggle with a little bit of like a, a small little bundle of appetites. I, I, I turned 40 this year. And I'll tell you what, I'm not struggling anything at 40 years old that I wasn't struggling with at 20 years old. It's just not. It's usually the same verse, second verse, same as the first. It's the, pretty much the same thing. So now that should, some of you, that should give you some hope. Some of you maybe get a little discouraged because you're going, I'm still going to be struggling. Yes, you will. But here's, here's the hopeful part about that is this, that it, it, whatever you were struggling with at 20, God's probably, you know, Satan's not probably going to bring something in probably new. It's very important. God doesn't tempt us. That's what James says. The, own, the person who tempts us is Satan or our own flesh, our own 
mess in our own life. So whatever you're struggling with not now, whatever appetite, you're probably going to be struggling with for the rest of your life because we cannot just totally get rid of our appetites. We can't. But the one thing I want you to hear today, and this is very, very clear, I want you to hear that there is hope. That even though we can never get rid of our appetites, we don't have to allow our appetites to control us. So what are you tempted to hide this morning? What are you attempting this morning to say, if I can just keep in the dark, and if I can just keep people from realizing and seeing this mess in my own life, it'll be okay. I'm going to give you a couple ones. For some of you, the only time you eat certain foods is when no one is around. For some of you, you make sure that nobody is around and then you will go out and you will go on an eating spree. Or let me flip it. For others of you, the only time that you purge is when nobody is around. Because you think you have no control in your life and if you could just control that in your life and when you look yourself in the mirror, you don't like what you see. The, and, you, and you keep that in the darkness. You keep that secret in the darkness of purging or eating. Let me give you another one. Pornography. I don't think it's any uh, coincidence that pornography has found its home on the Internet. You know, growing up, um, and I'm sure for some of you as well, pornography, you had to go to like a seedy part of town and to a seedy store and, you know, all this stuff. You don't have to do that anymore, do you? Pornography is easily accessible in the comfort of your own home, in the darkness, when nobody's looking. Because secrets we try to keep in the darkness. And we think, you know what, it it won't matter. Nobody will know. It's not hurting anyone. We're going to talk about that. For others of you, it's shopping. You are an out-of-control shopper. And you've been trying to keep this shopping in the dark. And you've been trying to keep your spouse in the dark. And you feel better about yourself when you are shopping at a mall or when you're shopping in an electronic store. Maybe for you, it's shopping online. This is an interesting statistic I came across. Did you know that eBay will sell $1.5 billion worth of stuff just from cell phones alone? Let me put that in perspective. I'm not talking you at the computer screen. No, 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 no. Just people using their cell phones to purchase stuff from eBay, 1.5 bill. That's a lot. That's crazy. I think we have a problem. And you know what we tend to do with secrets? We try to keep them in the darkness. So what is your secret? What is your appetite? Some of you are thinking, I can't help myself. When when that appetite rears its ugly head, it's always screaming now and more and more. I just have to give in. The one thing I want you to hear this morning is you don't have to say yes. There is hope. There is freedom. In fact, Jesus says this, you will know the truth. And the truth will what? Set you free. So let's look at the truth this morning. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. He will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. If you hear nothing else this morning, God is telling you, he's screaming at you, whispering at you, there is a way out. In the verses we're going to be looking at in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 is going to show you the way out. And I'm going to be honest with you and I'll read it. You're going to go, that's it? And you're going to have a huge pushback. 
And you're going to say, no, that's dumb, that's stupid, I can't do that, what will people think? And you will give me 1,289 reasons to not obey this verse. And I'm telling you, there is only one way to break the power of secrets and appetites that you and I have been putting in the darkness. There's only one way to do it. And it's found in this verse. Let's look at it. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 8, Paul is writing to a group of people, a church found in Ephesus, and he says this in verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Let's talk about that. You were once darkness. Your life was darkness. You were not only living in darkness, but the Bible says you were darkness. And let me tell you, before you began a relationship with Jesus Christ, that is exactly where you were. In fact, for some of you in here, you don't have a relationship with God right now. And I want to say that is exactly where you are. You're in darkness. In fact, if you had a choice between doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing, you're going to choose the wrong thing every time. One of the things that just gets my goat, all right, when it comes to churches in in church life and denominations and all this stuff, is when churches or a group of Christians will boycott a secular business or organization because they don't have Christian values and, and then and, and, and like they expect them to act Christian. But here's the thing. If a, if, and I'll give you an example. Um, and maybe I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do this. I'm already out there on the limb. I might as well saw it off. There was, this, <clears throat> there was this one denomination that was boycotting Disney for a long, long time because... Disney did not hold a certain set of values, and they didn't compared to what our beliefs are as Christians. So they decided, you know what, we're not going to we're not going to go to Disney World, Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, all this stuff. And what's so crazy about that is Disney has never ever expressed themselves as being a Christian organization. Now here's the thing. Here's what I think we should do as Christ followers in this church. We need to police our own actions, behaviors, and attitudes, and not do, and not push our mess and standards on everybody else. That's just crazy. You can clap. I need some encouragement. Preach it, brother. Preach it. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to say this one more time. If we just took care of us, and we started living right and we started living how God wants us to live, then everybody's going to be looking at us going, what's going on over there? I think I want to be a part of that. And not just boycott and yell and picket and, and cuss other people out who not, aren't Christians at all. I mean, here's the thing. If you're not a Christian, the Bible says you're a sinner. And you know what sinners do? They sin. Thanks for coming to one church, right? That's their job description. Now, some of them are better at it than others. Granted. But hear me, if you don't have Jesus in your life, there's only one road, and that is darkness. It's that simple. I'm going to keep on reading, because if I don't, I'm going to get myself in trouble. For you were once darkness, but now, look at this, you are the light in the Lord. Now look at what he says. So live as children of light. And then he puts in parentheses and he explains it. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and and. Good. And find out what pleases the Lord. That's great. He's saying, listen, you want to know what pleases the Lord? Goodness, righteousness, 
truth, living in children as, of a light. That's what he's saying. He says, if you want to know what pleases the Lord, live in the light. Take all your secrets that you've been putting in darkness and thrust them into the light. We all have secrets. We all have appetites that are screaming. In this, in this next verse, we're going to see, Paul is going to give us the secret of stopping living in darkness. He's going to give us the secret of how our appetites no longer have to control us anymore. How we can say no to our appetites. And this is what it says. And by the way, when, I, when, it's, when it's going to put up there, you're going to have pushback. And you're going to go, I can't do that. It's too simple. What will people think? What will my mom think? Right? What will my wife think? What will my husband think? What will my best friend think? Look at what verse 11 says. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Please. Expose them? I mean, that's just simple. I'm so sure. I mean, I'm just supposed to take all of my dark stuff and put it in the light and expose it? Come on. I, I'm, I'm, well, I know we've not taken the offering yet, but I want my money back. I need something with a little bit more meat. But that's what this verse says. And what I'm telling you and what I'm going to be talking about for the rest of the 10 minutes I'm with you today, you're going to be having pushback saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And the, and the Holy Spirit, in a gentle whisper, is going to be saying, you better. You better. Our big idea today is this. Appetites lose their power when we bring them into the light. Let's all say that out loud. Appetites lose their power when we bring them into the light. Appetites that we've kept in the darkness lose their power when we bring them into the light. You see, one of the things that you and I struggle with, let me get mushrooms. How many of y'all like eating mushrooms? I like mushrooms. Fried mushrooms, mushrooms on pizza. I'm cool with mushrooms. Longest time, I didn't like mushrooms. Now, here's the thing. You, there are mushrooms all over the world. I mean, there are mushrooms growing in my yard. And one of the things I tell my, my kids is don't eat the mushrooms. Why? They're poison. Because most mushrooms, if you eat them, you will either have a really bad trip <coughs> or you will die. Just throwing it out there. Now, here's the thing. Where do mushrooms grow? Do they grow in the light or do they grow in the darkness? In the darkness. They grow in dark, damp places and usually always on something that's decaying. And some of you, you've been made sick for so long because you have some mess growing in the dark, damp, decaying places of your soul and it's festering like a mushroom. And it's, and it's out there and it is poisoning you. But our big idea today says, and God's word even more importantly says, that our appetites will lose their power when you bring them out of the darkness... And into the light. In fact, this is the same thing found. You don't have to turn there. It's going to be on here. And the verse James 5.16 says this. James 5.16 says, Confess. Everybody say confess. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other. So that you may be healed. And then he goes on. 
The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Let me tell you, the word confess literally means to tell the truth about what's really going on in your life. You see, all of us, we have junk, we have decay, we have mess, we have mushrooms poisoning us in the darkness and the decay of our souls. And what this verse is saying is if you want to be healed, you have to bring that and you have to confess it and you have to bring it into the light. And here's the thing, some of you right now, you're going, you know what, I'm not going to get up on the stage and tell my mess. That's not what I'm saying. Keep that verse up there if you would. I'm not saying you need to tell everybody. I'm saying you better tell somebody. You need to talk and you need to tell one person in your life that you love and that you respect and who loves and respects you enough to be able to hold your feet to the fire. The Bible calls this, and it's the principle of accountability. It's finding somebody to be able to talk with you and that you can be real with. Book of Proverbs says this, wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. And what that means is people who love you and respect you enough, they're not going to let you off the hook going, that's just you. That's just, you know, that's just how he was. You know, his mom did the same thing and he's just going to, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. This confession means to tell the truth about what's really going on. And this is difficult for us because all of us think, well, it's, I, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. I mean, what will people think? But he, he's saying in James 5.16, confess and you will have healing. But why don't we do it? All of us, we all want healing from our mess, right? Why don't we confess? Well, that's a great question. And it's found in, back in Ephesians 5.12. It says this, For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Isn't that true? I mean, the reason why you don't talk about your addiction, the reason why you don't talk about your problem or your life choices is because it's shameful and you don't... You, I mean, what, what will somebody think? I don't want to talk about that out loud. I mean, I can't share that with anybody. Can you imagine the embarrassment that will bring if I even bring that up to my family? What will people say? What will happen to my reputation? The, the shame and the embarrassment is the thing that keeps us from talking about this out loud. It's, it's, it's what keeps our secrets secret. And here's a principle. Whatever you keep in darkness will have power over you. And it will continue to have power until you bring your secrets into the light. It is that simple. If you want to break the bondage of an addiction, of, a, of an appetite, you have to bring that out of the darkness and into the light. And here's a kicker. You can either tell somebody now, Somebody who loves you and, and will walk with you and not throw stones and help you, you can either do that now or you can wait and everybody will know and people who don't love you and don't respect you and, and they're going to throw stones at you, you can choose. Tell one person now and they will love you and they will walk you through it or don't say anything and let all of your stuff happen for the world to see. It reminds me of the emperor who has no clothes. Right? I mean, all of us have that tendency to wait and wait and wait and wait. And everybody knows. I mean, they see what's going on. They see that you have a problem. They see that you have an anger problem. 
They see that you have a people-pleasing problem. They see that you have a shopping problem. They see that you have whatever your appetite is. And it's obvious for the world to see. You are naked and laid, and laid bare. But nobody is manning up and loving you enough to be able to say, Hey, dude, you jacked up. And you know what? Not only are you jacked up, I will help you through this. It takes a step. Secrets have power. And some of you, your issue right now, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I, you know, and you're thinking, I, I just, if I could just get some more willpower. If it's choose between choosing between telling my issues to somebody, I'm just going to choose more willpower. I'm going to buy more books. I'm going to go to Lifeway, get some more Christian books, and I'll get more religious. I'll start giving more money to the church. I'll start going to more church services and whatever. And you know what? That's not the key. There are some things in life that are just too hard for you to do it alone. It takes somebody with flesh and blood to come along and help you and say, I will help you. Will you? I have this struggle. I have this problem. Will you please walk with me? But see, right now you're going, I ain't doing it. You're, 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 that's the pushback. I don't, I, what will people think? Secrets have power. And here's the thing. Our secrets have the power either to separate us from what we can find health, actually confessing and finding health, or secrets have that power of I'm just going to keep them in the darkness and nobody will ever know. But eventually everybody will know. That's what God's word says. That what's done in darkness will eventually be brought to light. Either in this world or in the next. Now, some of you, your pushback is this, okay, but you don't seem to understand. It's not a secret. It's just private. It's just private. Let's talk about that. Without sounding too crass on this, uh, let me tell you what I'm going to do after I get off the stage. Um, I am a healthy individual, and healthy individuals use the bathroom. I am going to go to the bathroom after this service. All right, now... For y'all start snicker, all right? Just think about that. That is not a secret. How many of y'all are planning on going to use the bathroom sometime today? That's not a secret, right? If you're not using the bathroom sometime today, then you've eaten too much Thanksgiving dessert. I'm just saying. You need some Maalox something, all right? Um, but here's the thing. That's not a secret. Everybody does that. But I am going to use the bathroom in private, all right, that's the difference between secret and private. Let me just go on by saying this: your your sex life, your illicit sex life, or your illicit affair is not private. It's secret, and it's destroying your marriage. I'm telling you, I heard yesterday a couple whom my wife and I are, are, are fairly close to. My wife uh, ended up singing at their wedding, and we found out that. They're getting a divorce. And it's because of an affair. That's not private. That's secret. And it has destroyed a family. Your shopping that's out of control and all the hundreds and hundreds of dollars you're spending on credit cards, just paying for the interest is not private. It's secret and you're keeping it in the darkness. And as long as you keep it in the darkness, it will continue to have power over you. 
And it will continue to boss you around and you will be held in bondage. The relationship with you have that's not quite good with another individual and you know it's drifting towards something that it shouldn't. It's, and, and your wife or your husband is not really comfortable with this. It's not private. It's a secret. And it will lead you down a path that will destroy the legacy of your children and your children's children. And everybody will remember you as the person who gave up on a relationship. Because you wanted to have something that was a little bit more fun, a little bit more prettier, maybe a little bit more younger. And at the end of the day, you have thrown everything away. You've thrown away your future for a bowl of stew. So that's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You know, and my point is you don't have to f- tell everybody. You just need to tell somebody. Now, I want to end today by looking at the last verse. Because the last verse, in a lot of ways, should give us hope. This last verse, in a lot of ways, some of the pushback that you're thinking and the excuses you're giving, I hope you will be able to see what God is wanting to do in you and through you and around you if you finally bring your mess out of the darkness and into the light, if you bring your mushrooms out of the darkness of the decay of your soul and bring it into the light. Look at what verse 13 says. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Stop right there. Now, some of you, you're saying, I know. I don't want it to become visible. I don't want anybody to know my mess. I don't, I don't want anybody to know that I am a gal or a guy who keeps everybody like this. Keeps them at arm's length because you don't want to let people in too close because they'll know your mess. Let me tell you, we all got, we all got mushrooms. And some of you and myself, we keep people like this because we don't want to let people in because they're going to see the darkness and the decay. And you're thinking, what are they going to say? This, but everything that exposed by the light becomes visible. Let me tell you that this is huge. The longer we stay in darkness, the greater the potential for the consequences are to grow. Some of you, you're like, I don't want to bring it into the light because if I do, there's going to be consequences. And you're right, there will be. But let me give you a principle. This is huge. The longer you keep it in the darkness, the consequences will always grow. They will never decrease. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Some of you, you're worried about what are you going to say if you say this? Well, let me tell you. You can keep it in the darkness, but the consequences will continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. And if you would have just went back five years ago and came clean and told not everybody, but somebody, the consequences would have been a whole lot smaller than they are today. I'm going to keep on reading this verse. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. That's confession. And then he goes on, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. I like that verse. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Let's all say that. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Now, let me tell you the reason why I like that. What God is saying is this. Your mess, your mushrooms, your appetites that's out of control, all of this stuff, that by you bringing that out of the darkness and into the light, God has the potential to be able to use you and your story to give somebody else hope. Let me, let, me, let me apply this this way. I've got friends in my life who've had affairs. 
who a person had to come clean and a, a, there was with adultery and it was nasty and it was but the marriage survived and now years later these couples are now bringing hope to people who are going through the pain of adultery and affairs. And the very issue, the very problem that they had is now becoming a light to somebody else and giving them hope. That, that, that's huge. Let me give you another one. Uh, um, I do all kinds of counseling. Our staff does a lot of counseling. And about a year ago, I had a lady come into my office and uh, she had an abortion. And she was keeping this from her husband. And... Uh, She's going, and her husband was deployed. <coughs> Excuse me. What should I do? And one of the things we talked about is you've got, you've got to tell him. You don't need to tell, get up on stage and tell everybody here at One Church. But you need to tell him. Well, what will he think? What will he say? What will he do? I don't know. But if you continue to live that lie, the consequences are only going to grow. And the potential for the marriage not lasting is greater if you keep that mess in the secret. Because nasty secrets, nasty little secrets grow in the darkness. So what right now do you know in the back of your mind you have a secret and you need to tell somebody? All of us got mess. All of it, the potential... And what's so cool about this lady who had the abortion? She now gives hope to other people who struggle with abortion and the pain of that. Because the marriage did last. And she now has become a light and a hope to other people who are going through that very same thing. God wants to use you. Do you know that? Some of you think, God can't use me. I'm too screwed up. No, no, no. In God's mindset, the more screwed up you are, if you become clean, if you come to him, he can take all that jacked up stuff, flip it around, and he will use that for his glory. You won't get any credit because everybody knows you jacked up, right? But he will get the credit because you will. God's light is going to be shining through you so pure. And everybody's going to be going, what happened? How did you do it? What was, what's the secret? I ain't got no secret. I'll tell you what I did. I, I, I started coming clean with one person. Maybe two people. So here's how, how I want us to apply this today. I want everybody to take out your phones. Take out your phones. <coughs> and here's what I'm gonna, while you're doing that, I, I'm going to answer some questions. And then I'm going to show you that next step of what to do of how to break this bondage. All right? Now... Uh, One says, do you have people available to talk to? The answer would be yes. In fact, um, our staff and some of our leadership, we have um, uh, uh, one of our elders here. We're going to be down front. And if you need somebody to talk to, in fact, let's don't put you down front because everybody, you don't want to come down here. Um, We're going to be by each one of the exit signs. All right, right back here. So if you want to talk to somebody, we're going to be available to talk. Okay? Now, some of this, it's not going to be able to be fixed five minutes after a service. I'm going to be honest with you. We may have to set up an appointment to talk about this. All right? But, um, yes, we are available to talk. Another one. If I expose my darkness, if I expose my darkness can hurt someone else, so I would rather suffer myself than make anyone else suffer. What do I do in this situation? Great question. Let me tell you, 
your logic is based on a faulty premise by, in, by saying your crap will stay your crap because it won't. It spreads. Mushrooms will continue to grow if you keep it in the darkness and on the decay of your soul. So you think, if I could just keep it in here, it's not hurting anybody else but myself, and you would be mistaken. It will always spill over to any and every other relationship, and it will poison everything and kill everything in your life. So don't believe that lie. Great one. How do we know uh, we are doing things in God's time? How do we not rush his will over uh, doing things while still having a healthy drive to move for our goals in our own Christian life? Again, I think it's all right to be driven and to be goal-oriented. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, uh, one of the things my dad always used to tell me, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. You know that. The book of Proverbs says, plans fail with, with lack of counselors. You need to have plans. But at the end of the day, you need to say, not what I want, God, but what you want. Jesus said, not my will but your will be done. So you hold those plans open-handed, you pray about it, and if God tells you to go a different direction, either through his word or through prayer, then you go that different direction. Very, very good question. All right. Um, wow, i got some really good questions here. What is the secret you have uh, has the responsibility of ruining your marriage and relationships if you bring them in the light? Should you still bring them out? And the answer is yes. Let me give you an example. This, um, again, I've known couples, because of an adultery or affair, they've, they've finally brought it into the light, and it is painful. I'm not going to be honest with you. It is painful. And there is hard work, but I tell you, if you do that and if you do it God's way, your marriage will be stronger because of it, because it's going to be based uh, on health. It's going to be based in light, in, in, on health, and not in darkness and decay. All right. And then the last question, uh, I got a lot more, but I can only do one more. It says, this has definitely been true in my life. Healing has only happened after confessing to people I know who love me as Christ loves me. And that's what I want to do. Everybody have your phones. Turn them on and go like this. Pretend we're at a rock concert. All right. We are the world. All right, cool. Let's stop. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look in your contacts. If you don't have a texting plan, suck it up. It's only going to cost you a quarter. All right. Seriously. Get right with Jesus. It's only a quarter. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find somebody that you trust and you love in your contacts. There's got to be somebody. Seriously, you need to be looking at your phone, not me. Look at one person. Who is one person that you can trust? Who you know loves you? Has your best interest at heart? You got that person? It can be a friend. Be somebody in your community group. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to start a message to them. And I only want you to put this in. By the way, don't hit send yet. Because <laughs> it's going to go crazy in here. All right? I want you to write these words down. I need to talk to you. That's it. You ain't got to uncover all your deep, dark appetites and secrets and your mushrooms right now. Just, I need to talk to you. And I don't want you to hit sin yet. I want you to look at that. Because let me tell you, that is not the last step, but that is the first step for you becoming healthy. That is not the last step, but it is the first step in you bringing your secrets from the darkness into the light. This is the first step in which your secrets will no longer have power over you. 
Everybody have your, your text ready? Okay? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to hit send, and I want you to turn off your phone. Because if you don't, it's going to go crazy. Okay? Seriously, guys. You can either wait, and you can bring up every excuse in the world. And you can think, you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to bring my mess from the darkness into the light. That's, a, you're, that's totally valid. You don't have to. But you need to know as long as you keep your secrets in the darkness, they will master you. They will control you. And they will ruin every part of your life. Every part. You can't keep it just bottled up. It will spill over. I promise you. Dear God, we come to you right now. And Lord, we... I'm so thankful that your word talks about practical stuff. There's so much in the Bible that talks about belief and how we should think and how our hearts should move. And, but Lord, there's so much in the Bible that talks about where our feet should go, where our eyes should look at. And Lord, I pray for each and every one of us here today because all of us have mushrooms in our lives that are growing in the darkness and the decay of our souls. And Lord, I thank you so much for the men and women who had courage to be able to hit send. For those who still need to act on that. Lord, I pray that you, your still small voice of the Holy Spirit, would just go with them and convict them and tell them what that next step needs to be. That if we confess our sins... Lord, your word says you're faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That if we confess our sins, that we will be healed. And that's what I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, before the band plays, I just want to say this. We're going to have people at each one of these exits. And... Um, uh, we're going to have a little uh, name tag on that says, that says, Got Questions. And you can spot one of us, and we're going to be there. And if you need to talk, if you don't have a phone to hit send, you're welcome to come talk to me or talk to others at the back. But know this, no amount of willpower will be able to break the bondage and the cycle of these appetites. You have to talk to somebody. You have to talk to God.